I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dum Dee Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that is centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Millers. I'm Professor Plum, otherwise known as Royfield Brown, and with me I have Mrs. Beacock, also known as Philippa Hall. And the rest of our Cluedo characters is you lot, our lovely listeners. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Isabel. Thank you for that, Isabel. Now, Philippa, it says on the script, I've got to ask you, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. I'm drinking a cup of lukewarm tea. Uh, but I, I'm most excellent. But I, I believe at this point now we have some um, chatter about what you did last week so let's have that chatter okay well as always i do have a story to tell so Ah. yesterday my daughter was going to for her saturday job and it was pouring down with rain so i said i would drive her there um and so we're running late so i just literally got in the car and thought it doesn't matter i'm not going to need my phone or anything drive her there then there's a four-way traffic system where all the traffic lights weren't working and someone was saying you need to get out and direct the traffic to me and my daughter was saying mum go on you're good at that sort of thing get out and direct the traffic and I really wanted to except I was wearing my Mickey Mouse pajamas <laughs> and I was just like I can't I can't get out please don't make me get out in front of everybody this is this is going to take my embarrassment to a whole new level so I just sat in the car willing someone else to volunteer which they did and I was thinking thank goodness then drove off and someone uh, they reversed they missed hitting me by I don't know a nanometer I was beeping my horn and he got out and was apologizing and again I was just sitting there thinking please don't make me get out of this car I'm never going to live this down so there we go that's my embarrassment because you're wearing Mickey Mouse pajamas or you that you just own a pair of Mickey Mouse pajamas 
Sometimes I have to pretend I'm a grown up in this place and uh, it would not have helped that image that I try and keep at some point. And uh, yeah, it was, well, for me, it was embarrassing. Would would you have been happy to show off your Mickey Mouse I, I don't have outfit? any pyjamas, let alone Mickey Mouse ones. It's not the way I roll. <sighs> there we go. Well, everyone's got to have a Mickey or Minnie Mouse set of pajamas. And no, they there don't. We are. That's the whole point. No, you don't. I think there's something very small town and middle class about <laughs> owning a pair of Mickey Mouse pajamas. You know, that's kind of look at me. I, I'm I'm fun and a little bit wacky. Do you know what I mean? Grown woman of your no, age. I don't. Shame no, I don't. on you. Thanks. Shame on you, Philip Ball. Shame on you. Go on, you just drink your tea and just leave me alone. I was expecting some compassion, some humour, but me. no, just rip me to Not shreds. from me. That's fine. That's fine. <sighs> no, 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 Philippa, I know these are all weighty topics. You yes. know what you wear to bed. Thank you. And then you. what you get caught wearing in the middle of Shrewsbury. Uh, but um, tell us, what did you think of last week in Ambridge? Oh, my goodness, what a week. Well, following the A to Z rule, this week it was tea for tragedy. On Monday, we had the tragedy mm. of Shula having to cancel her beef order to go away on her ordination placement. Then we had the tragedy of Neil and Jazza saying they didn't know why the horse had thrown Shula after they'd just been shouting and waving one second before she was thrown. On Tuesday, we had the tragedy of Josh's eggs being too thin and Alistair too slow with the test results. And then the tragedy of Neil's love of Shula being too obvious to every bleeding person in the world, except Neil. On Wednesday, we had the tragedy of Rory choosing to play Cluedo when there are so many other board games to play. And then we had the tragedy, the real tragedy of listening to Neil trying to warm Shula's lasagna and screwing her light bulb. And then... <laughs> <laughs> on Thursday, Chris had the tragedy of thinking that calling Amy to find out about Alice was a great idea. And finally, we had the tragedy of Shula telling Alistair she was in love with Neil and that he mustn't tell a soul. Good luck with that. Now, I laughed heartily in the <laughs> middle of that. <laughs> was that enough genu genuine guffawing? It was. It was. And do we have calls from lots of people? We do. On this week's episode, we hear calls from Isabel, Jen, Catherine, Emily, Brian, Mia, Witherspoon, and Isabel again. And just uh, whilst we're on this subject of Isabel, Isabel's 15. So she had a pair of Mickey Mouse pajamas. Oh. That would be apt. Because the last time I checked, she's not a, a middle-aged woman who has two children, who holds down a massive career, um, you know, financially uh, looking after uh, the portfolios of the, of the rich and the famous in Shrewsbury. Just saying, just saying. Now, Philippa, <laughs> if someone would like to send us in a dum-de-dum or even a call, um, how can that be done? If you would like to sing or play as a dum-de-dum or send us your views on the week or give us a plot prediction, then leave us a message on SpeakPipe, which you can find on the dumdedum.com website. Or you can use WhatsApp, sending a voice note or text message to 07957 167696, which has a plus 44 in front. If you're outside the UK, please make sure the message is no more than two minutes long. If you would prefer to email your thoughts and predictions, go to the contact us section of the website and fill in the form. 
Now, I know we said that Zoom with Buffy was the last non-Patreon Zoom, but there is one more and it is a very special one. Join us on the 20th of August at 7pm for a Zoom with Royfield as the guest star, as he will have just one more episode to record after that. So we do really want to mark the occasion. It will just be a small, intimate Zoom for those of us that want to say thank you to Royfield for all he's done for Dum De Dum. So please put the date in your diary. Ooh, crumbs. I, I'll, I'll put the date in there. Smashing. Yes, you better right. have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off is part one of Isabel. Hi everyone, so sorry about last week, my brother was in hospital and calling him was the last thing on my mind to be honest. So anyway, I'll just cut to this week, Alice and Amy. Uh, to be honest, I was expecting this Alice thing to go wrong basically. Don't know why, I just had my gut feeling and it turned out it was right. Um, yeah, so Shula and Neil, well... It was a bit of a shock, to be honest, finding that Sh- Shula was in love with Neil. I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, so, anyway. Chris and Martha. Well, um, I'm being very positive, and I'm saying it looks as though Martha doesn't have this fetal alcohol syndrome because she is standing, sitting up on her own at an early age, and she's very advanced, like Chris said. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that <laughs> that's happened when it did. You know, it sort of reassured me, sort of thing. Yeah. So anyway, sorry, rushed call this week. Um, sorry about any background noise. Bye. Thank you, Isabel. Thank you for your call. We do hope your brother and your family are, are okay, are doing okay. We send our best wishes to you all. Yeah, Shula and Neil. I think they both love each other, but but Neil doesn't really see it properly yet but um i think you know it's just so obvious to all of us it's like come on don't don't do anything about it but it's just so obvious and yeah the fecal alcohol syndrome with martha it did feel like the script writers are trying to tell us that martha is okay but then i was quite worried because susan and chris were sort of hilariously laughing as martha kept falling backwards and i was a bit worried is she falling backwards onto a hard floor onto concrete onto tarmac is she going to have to end up in A&E with concussion? Wasn't entirely convinced about, about that one. Um, hopefully she's okay. Now, you know, to, speaking about parenting, do we mention, do we dare to mention the scene with uh, with David and Josh? How is, how good a father is David? I don't know. He doesn't. Uh, okay. I'm a fan of Josh. We know that. I don't need to go to go on. But does David actually help Josh? with the business at all. He does seem to judge Josh and and not the other children as much. I I don't know. But uh, at one point, my husband walked past me and he stared at the computer and says, what is that? And I said, oh, those are are pictures of uh, chicken tracheas with excessive mucus because I was Googling this infectious bronchitis uh, to find out more about it that these, um, these birds have. And I thought, well, it does seem to be the only way that COVID is showing up in Ambridge. It's the 
the ones that the hens have got revolting. But uh, I don't know. Hopefully it'll all be sorted out soon and Josh will get his business back on the straight and narrow. Do do you agree, Royfield? Mm, uh, Absolutely. I agree, Philippa. With what? All of what you said. I thought that's a fine summation. (laughs) Honestly, uh, just (laughs) dear dum-de-dum listeners, I am being driven to the, the point of insanity today with our beloved Mr. Brown. So, yes. He, he's not. I, but I've disagreed with you. No, yes, I, I totally you focused. Oh right. Okay. Good. Good. Well, there'll be a test later on. <laughs> oh, please do. But please, please give me that test because I'll pass it with flying colours. So, um, is that Isabel's call done with then? Yes, it is. Uh, do, do, I addressed the point. Right. Thank you, and I'm ready for. Well done, Isabel. Yes. Yeah. Right now, now we go. Uh, we go up to the northeast, and it's Armia. Hello, Dumpty Dum peeps worldwide. This is Mia in Newcastle Land Caller in a ring. A few comments on a few situs. I thought Brian was magnificent with his reaction to Rory's <laughs> personal statement during the game of Cluedo. He acknowledged it and then moved on with the game, which I thought was the best way to keep Rory at ease. Jenny Darling's admonishment of his reaction I felt was uncalled for. Giving his children a hug isn't really in Brian's repertoire. Mm. And in fairness, he needed to process the information in his own way. And that's not to say he won't kick off about it in future episodes. Susan, well, she was very insightful about Chris taking videos of Martha's firsts Mm. and keeping them for Alice for a future time. Well done, Susan, especially as she clearly knows something is going on between Neil and Shula. Mm even if currently only on an emotional level. Now, Shula, I'm going to give her nine out of ten this last week. Nine because the script was plausible and the acting excellent. However, the missing point is because her final confession to Alistair was anything but plausible. The lead-up all week indicated that she was becoming more aware of Neil's deeper feelings towards herself and that she was doing everything possible to keep him in the friend zone. Her then saying that she was falling for Neil, well, ah, that just didn't ring true for me. Shula genuinely seems committed to her ministry, and her focus at the moment is firmly rooted there. I'm sorry, but I think that plot twist was a mistake by the scriptwriters. Finally, Royfield. I know it's not your final episode presenting, but I hate long goodbyes. Suffice it to say, I'm going to miss you on Dumpty Dum, but at least I'll still hear your dulcet tones on some of your other pods. Thank you for breathing life into this podcast. Your successors are doing a great job and I'm certain the pod will continue to grow. But I have one final thing to say to you. One Royfield Brown. (laughs) There's only one Royfield Brown. (laughs) Live long and prosper, my friend. Oh, Mia, thank you. Thank you for your... Fab call. That 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 was wonderful. I'll address the Ambridge issues and then I'll I'll pass on to Royfield because that, that was um, very moving. Thank you. Um yes, I think I do think that Shula had realized quite early on what was happening. Finally it had hit home, and that's why she was trying to cancel Neil coming round to help sort of shed out. Uh, and I do think that the scriptwriters up to now. <laughs> I thought, is that a euphemism? <laughs> <sighs> I'm, I'm not saying. At least you're listening to me, so I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy that you're, that you're listening. But yeah, I've been dialed in all episode. How dare you? <laughs> 
Um, I do think that the scriptwriters, though, up to now have been showing a, a better, a warmer relationship between Tula and Alistair, um, that they were really moving on. But but I agree, the scene when she was telling Alistair about her feelings, it was extraordinary, not not in a good way. You know, oh, Alistair, I just feel so frightened. And I didn't think our Alistair sounded impressed at all. He sounded really gloomy and uh, almost angry about that and and then you know you mustn't tell anyone no one can ever know is he is he going to tell someone I don't think Alistair would intentionally tell someone but then he sounded so shocked you don't know uh, is he going to add it on to the vet's invoices he sends out that'll be 79 pounds plus we have a special offer on worming tablets and did you know my ex is smitten with Neil Carter (laughs) you know if he was going to inadvertently let it slip you you can imagine him saying it to his pops yeah just say yes. you know that's where it it will come out you know if 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 he can't keep it to himself and you if Jazza and, and tracy are there and then tracy overhears that would certainly it would put the cat amongst the yes, pigeons it would it, it because would. then he'll go straight back to susan but you know it, it is a milestone in in separating um, emotionally from someone. So you, you know, you, you're with somebody, uh, you separate, you divorce, all of that, right? But that milestone, that, that final milestone comes when they are, are either with somebody or declare their affections for somebody else. That's just, it's just another yeah, final true. little nail, mm-hmm. bang, that this is all over and done with, you know. So for Alistair, mm-hmm to sit down with his thoughts and then maybe share them with somebody would totally be natural just to say, I know it's over with Shula and we're in a good place, but she's told me she has feelings for somebody else, you know, and you just have to just set, you know, sit down and, and let that percolate and, and stuff. Mm, you know? So true. if he, if he was to, you know, confide in his pops, you know, I, I for one would completely understand. Yes. And now we need to address Mia's lovely comments about you and the the Star Trek reference spot on Mia. Bravo. I'm I'm doing the live long and prosper um, hand wave sign hmm. that, that the Vulcans do right now. Uh, middle fingers firmly parted. Uh, uh, there's only one Mia Fox is all I've got to say. <laughs> you know, uh, she, she's most wonderful. And, and I have said this before and that um, there was a point last year when I was feeling a little bit wobbly uh, for a whole load of reasons, which I won't bore the listeners with. And unbeknownst to Mia, she said something very lovely um, about me and it utterly just picked me up and made me think, you know what, who, you know, I, I, you know, I do have some value and whatever, blah, 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 because, you know, doing this thing, uh, dum-de-dum seems to be bringing joy to people. So, and I, and I did say this on, I think, the um, New Year's Day kind of yes. episode that uh, Mia has a very special place in my heart because she sent through a missive when I was actually feeling quite down and it helped pick me up. So there's only one Mia Fox. One Mia Fox. There's only one Mia Fox. There you are. So I'm sing- singing it back. So there you go. Right now from, from the northeast of England, uh, we go to the Gulf and it's our Emily. Hey, dum dum it's Emily from Abu Dhabi. We're at 45 on the uh, thermometer today. Ouch. Oh, man, it is hot. And the humidity is up there as well. 
Uh, I don't know why I feel the need to tell everyone how hot it is. It's just my inner British uh, must talk about the weather. <laughs> um, quick one, Ruth. All of the encounters with Ruth recently are just painful. Mm. I mean, she's never been one of my favourite characters anyway, but I was going to call in after she had that interaction with Ben and pre mm. his interview because she was so ridiculous and just... Yeah not very motherly at all and going, oh, well, you've snogged or went out with a doctor. You know, it was just all, yeah, just not genuine, not authentic. I think I can't quite work out her as a character. I feel like she's a bit, maybe a bit lost. The writers seem a bit lost with her as a character. Mm. You know, she's like this kind of fun mum and then, um, but I just don't think that's authentic. I just don't understand her as a character. And then just have her conversation with David um, and pouring him a cup of coffee, which sounded like the most elaborate thing I've ever heard. And, oh, oh here's your coffee. And it was just, yeah. And then when she was cleaning out the barn, it was all just very over the top. I think she's slightly caricature-esque. Um, and I just, she makes, she's making my skin crawl. So I don't know if anyone else feels the same or if that's kind of a harsh um, character <laughs> assassination. But that's um, my thoughts on Ruth. Um, hope everyone's good and continuing to stay safe out there. Oh, Emily, thank you so much for your call. That that was great. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I can't bear Ruth at the moment, but equally I can't bear Pip. So I'm probably just being really judgmental and small minded, as, as Royfield says. It was the humour, as you say, when she from was from a small town. Small-minded from a small town. Thank, thank you for that. I'll, I'll get a badge made up so I, so I don't forget that. <laughs> um, yeah, when she was doing the humour with Ben, it just for me, it didn't sit right at all. It felt so fake. And you're right. What, what role is is Ruth providing? Because she's got sort of Jill above her, who does all the cooking and and is the homemaker in a way. Uh, and then we've got the David and, and the children underneath who are all going off with their own disasters. Yeah, I mean, I hope Ruth does get more of um more of a meaty plot. Um and you know, is she going to have another affair? Let's hope that's not just the trope that they keep pulling out because yes, we don't we don't want that. But yes, Ruth, come on, let's let's do something. Let's stand up for yourself. Let's show womankind that we can change the world. Come on. Come on, Ruth. <laughs> Royfield? I think that the scriptwriters play David and Ruth's relationship beautifully. It it seems to lack deep emotional warmth. And, and so does Ruth's uh, parenting style. Mm. She says all the right things, but <laughs> it just seems to be lacking somehow. Yes. You know, true. and... And when you compare that with other relationships, even Brian and Jennifer, there is much more emotional depth between those two characters, mm. both ways, than there is between David and Ruth. I believe that David truly loves Ruth, but I believe that Ruth um, has a respect, a fondness, and does love David, but was probably never even probably in love with him. You know, their relationship mm. seems very businesslike and, and workmanlike for me. Don't get me wrong, right? There is the David, you know, she, there, 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 there is something there, but it's not 
that deep. And and I love to compare it with the other relationships with with the Snells. You just believe <laughs> that those pair are completely and utterly in love with each other. Whereas with David and Ruth, it's more of a one-way relationship. Yeah, but then with Linda and Robert, Brian and Jennifer, there is a, a comedy value there. Um, and we wouldn't want that from David and Ruth because it, not everyone can can carry that. You don't want so many bright characters. You know, that, that That's an interesting point. Are all the relationships in Ambridge that we really believe in comedy ones? Because there's definitely a a comedic element to Neil and Susan, you know, Susan and with, and with the chili and stuff, there um, is that element yeah, to it. Not anymore. So I'm just trying to, <laughs> I think you might be calling time on that relationship a little bit too early, <laughs> but I, I, I really do think that I'm going to rack in my brains because there's definitely is a, you know, Lindy and Lindy bottom uh, to the Snells. There is definitely a, a comedic side to uh, Kenton and Jolene. Huh. You could well be on to something. We like characters that that have some comedy. We like the only way we can cope with Russ is because actually we we take him in good humour. Um, and the only way we can cope with Adam is by seeing the funny side of his huffing and puffing. And I think that's because the Archers is an escape. So we have to turn anything, personally I do, anything like that that's sort of gloomy. I have to try and see, I have to make lemonade from the lemons. Yeah, you, you made me think. It's not often uh, you force me uh, deep into my thoughts, but I'm going to think on whilst <laughs> whilst we listen to a little bit of With a Spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, everyone in Dumpty Dum Towers and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's With a Spoon and Angus Haggis here. A few points to make. First off, Shula's fall from her horse and breaking her arm gave me some PTSD symptoms as my husband fell off a bicycle and broke his arm now a month ago. I'm playing the role of Neil in helping him, and I can tell you in the early days, the patient needs a lot of help in basic activities of daily living, if you get my drift, especially if it's your dominant arm that's broken. As far as Shula and Neil go, I'm in agreement with the many of us who feel that it's just ridiculous. They seem to have developed crushes on each other out of thin air. Oh, I've had a laugh with my longtime friend. I think I'm in love with them. I guess the scriptwriters are trying to create a scenario in which Shula is undergoing a crisis of faith before she proceeds with her ordination or not. Next, I was so excited to hear an extended scene on the radio of three people playing Cluedo, or Clue as we call it on this side of the Atlantic. Not. Dinosaur Brian appeared uncomfortable in his son coming out, but didn't freak out, and admitted that he has handled that part of his relationship with Adam poorly. So progress there. Jennifer continues to be loving and supportive to her stepson, which, of course, contrasts with the relationship between Brian and his stepson. But Mm -hmm. I guess I was hoping for and expecting a few more fireworks from Brian in this scene. Last point, Alice quickly falling off the wagon. No surprise there. Why Amy agreed to take her in the first place was the head scratcher that has already been discussed. Chris now thinking about taking her back good, but therapeutic and social supports must be put into place Mm. for Alice and the family. Don't make the same mistakes you did before, Chris. 
Finally, Royfield, love you, mate. Talk to you all soon. Oh, with a spoon. Thank you so much for your call. We really hope your husband is is doing okay. Um, and we're thinking of you both. Yes, this injured arm, I admit, you've you've changed my mind with a spoon because when I heard Neil say to Shula, Oh, you're not going to be able to cope on your own. I was really cross. I just thought she's just broken one arm. She can cope. She can do everything that she needs to. But hearing you talk about your husband, it, it does make me stop and realise I've sort of prejudged that and and I was wrong. So, yeah, fair enough. Good, good point. Um, uh, I love the scene with with Rory. You know, I'm bisexual. Did you hear me? And Jennifer saying, oh, yes, yes, bisexual. Well, that's that's really great. And Brian was just, I, I don't care as long as you're happy. And that was, the, for me, that was the response. I didn't want, I, I, I wanted Brian to be true to himself, not overplay it, but equally just come on, Brian, just be the good parent that you can be. Um, and I love the debrief later with Brian and Jenny. Don't we all love a debrief when, when you've been to a party and then you go home? Not that I've been to a party for two years, but anyway, I remember them. Um you go to a party and then you come back and that's the best bit when you start talking about what happened and who said what and, and all of that. But uh, the worst thing that Brian thought about the evening was that the ragu or cassoulet was heavy on the lemon. That was, that was just super. <laughs> and Brian said, I won't pretend to understand. <laughs> and Jenny said, it means he likes men and women. And Brian said, yes, thank you, Jenny. I got that far. Uh, I... I, I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a nice way of doing it. I hope there aren't fireworks later on, but with a spoon, you're usually right. So, um, but I hope not. I just hope that they can just move on and show that that is acceptable and encourage families to talk about these sort of things and be open with each other. Royfield? I think it was played fantastically. I, I completely concur. And what is great is that we've seen the evolution of Brian, uh, which kind of mirrors society's evolution when it comes on to uh, matters of sexuality. Um, mm. You know, 20, 20 years ago, the average person, not everybody, but the average person, if they'd have been told, and when I say average, I mean the average um, heterosexual person, if they were told that their child uh, was gay, um, whether they were like kind of pro it or not, this would have created uh, a hoo-ha of some sort, right? Whether it's, a, you know, well, what does this mean? We need to talk about this, et cetera, et cetera. And we've seen that when Adam uh, kind of came out, uh, Brian couldn't handle it. And Adam came out somewhat 15 years ago or so. I forget exactly when. And then um, Adam had his marriage and Brian couldn't get his head around it. We, we fast forward some 10 years later and Brian is, you know, he, he's not a hundred percent comfortable with it, but he knows that um, this doesn't mean that he can't love his son and that his son isn't going to be a productive member of society. And this is, this is no, this fundamentally is no great shakes. And I'm always struck by how younger people talk about coming out and sexuality and not being um uh you know um stereotypical in their sexuality in that they just shrug it off they say well i, mm. I am what i am full stop and their friends do not remark on it at all it's mm. generally it's us who are generations older that go oh you know 
whether we're kind of pro it or anti it, it's it's a bigger deal for us. So I just thought, if you're a, a you know a listener of a certain vintage, you you know the way that Brian reacted to Adam, but here we are. Brian has evolved, you know, and he mm. could just say, yeah, so so he is. Uh, let let's talk about actually what what we ate type of thing. You know, and I just thought that that was beautiful. It kind of encapsulates society's uh, progression um, on the on these matters. You know, it should be as important as the color of someone's hair. You know, yeah. that's it. Yes, and Brian said, you know, he he's made mistakes with Adam, and he doesn't want to do that again. So he is he is learning for for all the the Brian haters out there. It, we have seen some character development there, and. Uh, I just thought it, it was a, a lovely scene in in a week where there were some more unpalatable scenes. And I'm pulling a face as I say that. Yes. Mm. Mm. Well, you know what? We, we're talking about one character called Brian, and now we actually have a call from somebody called Brian. Hello, all. It's Brian. Looks like the Shula-Neil affair thing may well happen, but... Uh... <laughs> That pony's got a lot to answer for. Um, <laughs> I think scriptwriters have been making Shula too sympathetic recently, so they've given us another reason to dislike, top up the dislike for her. Not really needed much to do that. <laughs> I still hope that Neil will see sense, but the way he's been completely oblivious to the, all the heavy hints that Susan's been dropping... I've not got much hope on that, but uh, never mind. We shall see. Um, doesn't look like we're going to have more than a week without Alice. I thought we'd have a bit longer respite, but I thought it'd be two weeks. I think we all knew it wasn't going to work out with Amy. Um, it was too much to put onto her. Um, mm. And I think that's about all, really, this week, except that possibly Brian should just let Rory take over home farm now as he's clearly the most level-headed and well-balanced of all the Aldridges. Um, yeah, and that's about, about all. So um, have a good week. Um, thanks. Keep up the good work. Nice to talk to you. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, thanks, Brian. Thank you so much for your call. Yes, that, that pony has has a lot to answer for, I think. I I honestly didn't think this was going to happen. I thought they were just friends and we were reading into it too much. I am shocked and surprised by what's happened this week. And But Susan is seeing it much more clearly when she said to Neil, oh, why don't you pop round? You'd like to see her, but if you'd rather stay here with me and Martha. It, you know, Again, it's so obvious to us that Susan just wanted Neil to stay at home. Um, and usually Neil's quite insightful. Usually he has a good take on what on what's happening, and it's as if he just needs to sort of stand back and see things more clearly. Um, and it's unusual because normally um, Neil is the strong one, and Susan is well. When I say the weak one, she's the one that's sort of reacting too too much and too quickly. Whereas Susan's being the strong one, it seems to be now, and Neil is is being the the weak one, I think, a, a complete change. And of course, Susan is stuck at home to the first time, not working and with the baby. Um, it's just it's just a really sad situation. And please let it be over as soon as possible. Roy Field, where, where do you think it's going to go for Susan and Shula? I, I don't think this is going to go anywhere in terms of, you know, these 
feelings being consummated, if that's what you're uh, trying to nudge me into saying. I, I, I think this is just to show us that um, Shula still has uh, blood that runs through her veins, you know. Mm. Um, and as I said before, it's also just a callback uh, to way back when, uh, when they had their brief dalliance before um, Neil got with, with Susan. So um, so it does reward us uh, longer-term listeners and stuff in that regard. Mm. But I, it's not going to go anywhere. I do not believe that Neil would jeopardize his marriage to Susan. He just wouldn't. He's not that type of person. He's very solid, stolid, and, uh, you know, and he, ju- he just wouldn't. You know, that would stretch credulity massively. But I think uh, well, that... that w- that's interesting. So I'm going to interrupt you there. Do you think if if there was temptation, which of them would be more likely to give in, Shula or Neil? Because you're painting Neil in such a good light. By that, you're inferring that it would be Shula that would give in. Whereas I... I, I I'm, not even, I'm, not even, I'm not even saying that, to be honest with you. I think, um, to go back to the call before last... Um, Witherspoon said that um, this has been put there, so Shula has some crisis of, of faith, and and I think that is uh, spot on. Um, that it's not by accident that she's um, you know uh, going through these various steps to be ordained or whatever the heck it's called, and she's having these very earthly temptations put in her way, uh, you know, and she has to forego them to really be able to. Uh, minister to her potential flock you know um and and this is all part of her becoming a minister you know her wrestling with very human emotions i don't believe she's going to act on it and actually her pushing neil away was her being very cognizant of the way that she feels and saying that this cannot be a distraction Mm. not only because of uh, what a faith means to her, but also potentially it's going to mess up uh, another another person's uh, relationship, with, you know, with somebody who they love, you know. Mm. So I actually th- thought the whole thing has been somewhat laid on with a trowel. However, I applaud the script writers for what they're trying to do, what they're showing us here, you know. Mm. Uh, but all the interactions, it, it, it sounded somewhat leaden-footed to me, sounded, or I'm mixing all the metaphors here, it was somewhat leaden-footed to me in terms of the dialogue between them. However, I applaud uh, completely what they're trying to do. And um, there was something else I was going to say, it was gone clean out of my head because I waffled on for way too long. <laughs> but if, it, if I do remember, <laughs> I will, uh, in after Catherine's call, I, I will uh, go, oh, I remembered what I wanted to say because I can't for the life of me remember what it is now. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. I thought you were playing Catherine's Call. Oh! Sorry. I, 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 sorry, I thought it was going to be some witty comeback from you. Okay. No, no, no I no wouldn't. Wit. No. no wit. No there's wit There's lots of wit, but there's no comeback, thank you, because, yeah, <laughs> I'm just okay. being kind and understanding. All right, Catherine, you're up. Hi, everyone, it's Catherine here. Just got back from um, a lovely holiday in Derbyshire, And I've got a few things I want to ask you because I'm a relatively new listener. I only started listening when my son was playing cricket 79 times a week um, back during the (laughs) Helen and Rob thing. And I used to sit in my car bored trying to find things to do, read, listen to. So I'm not very good at pedigree of relationships 
and how everything works out. So these are the things I'd like some help with. When I arrived in Derbyshire, one of our first things we did was to go to Chatsworth. And I did laugh to myself, obviously myself, because my husband would have thought this was so boring. When I got to Chatsworth and saw the orangery and the garden food shop thing straight away. I know that Loxley, uh, Lower Loxley indeed, isn't exactly based on the grandeur of Chatsworth, but I did laugh and think, how big is Lower Loxley supposed to be? Because Joy was simpering on about, oh, she loves walking across the gardens and the grounds of Lower Loxley, like it was Buckingham Palace. So is it based on like a medieval hall or a stately home, or is it just a big house really with big grounds? Can someone let me know about that? The other funny thing today, this week rather, was about Brian being very cool when Rory decided to come out um, as bi. And he was more interested in finishing the game of Cluedo. Mm. I love Cluedo. Uh, than um, making a fuss out of it. And there was Jenny all simpering around trying to be uh, sort of inclusive and acknowledge the event. I don't know what she expected. Maybe a ticket tape parade and people dancing to I am what I am or something like this. But Brian just shrugged it off. I did see some reference to him making a cock up of a similar experience with Adam but Adam must be at least 102. So I'm sure that um, lovely Brian has moved on since then. What a man he is. Talking of what a man. Oh, dear, Shagashula. And Neil, again, here I am criticising a man on the archers. They're all a bit odd. But Neil, I know everyone will say, oh, he's so kind, he's so thoughtful. But he is not attractive. <laughs> the idea of someone lying, thinking they're dying, and all you can think of is Neil... I just love it. And then to compound issues, there's Shagashula telling her ex-husband how much mm. she, the trainee vicar, wanted Neil to get busy with her. Oh, it was just awful and brilliant. And Alice, yes, she's still drinking. She's an alcoholic. Guess what? Of course she's drinking. Remember the three C's. You did not cause it. You cannot control it. And you cannot cure it. Hopefully, Alice will eventually get to her rock bottom and seek help. Um, have a great week, everybody. Oh, thank you for your fab call, Shagashula. That's uh, that's just, that's just brilliant. Now, okay, I'm not answering from fact here, but from the the content of my very own mind and imagination, which is a dangerous place to go to. But for me, Lower Lockley is big. It's like a national trust, like a national trust country home, but not quite as big. But the big ground so you've got many elements inside now inside there's about 350 bedrooms slight exaggeration but you've got the attic where Jim did the Christmas readings you've got lots of different rooms to, to be able to have quite an extensive tour inside and then outside you've got the vineyard you've got the woods you've got enough space to have the ice skating rink when they have the the fates and and the Christmas celebration so for me it, it's a it's a big place. Now, I know the official people will come in with, with proper descriptions, but that's how it is in my mind. I know there's been some comments this week on Twitter about how Cluedo doesn't have um, conservatories in it as part of the game because they were saying during the game they were in the conservatory. Uh, it does on mine. So unless there are different versions of Cluedo or as Witherspoon says Clue uh, going round. But um I don't know. There's just lots of other games, board games that you could play. We're real, we're big board game fans in our house. So there's, uh, yeah, Cluedo isn't top of top of our list, I have to say. But uh, you mentioned Alice and I, I am worried about her. I'm worried that she is going to hurt herself because Amy said that Alice um, had said that 
that um, she missed Chris and Martha and that she couldn't live with what she'd done to them. That, for me, was really signalling some some really worrying stuff up ahead. And uh, Chris saying it's time for Alice to come home. For me, it sounds like a bad idea. You know, why is it time to come home? Is it just that you've run out of other options? Um, you need, again, as Witherspoon says, you need the support there. So if she's coming back and they're going to get the support in, great. If they're coming back and it's just going to continue, it's 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 going to be a hard listen. But where else is she, is she going to go? Now, yeah, Leo, Neil sounded so desperate when he was warming that lasagna. Meals have a special place in the Archers. You know, we had tuna bake, chili, and now lasagna. If someone offers to warm me up a lasagna now, I'm going to run for the hills. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not staying around for that. And I just wonder, could be wrong, often am. But did Neil touch Shula inappropriately? Just by accident. I don't mean he did it deliberately. <laughs> but when he said, oh, your sling's all wet, take it off. And he tried to take it off. And she went, no. And he said, sorry, Shula, I didn't mean to do it. And she said, just leave everything. Just go home. Was, that, was there a, a touching that shouldn't have occurred then? So I don't know. Royfield, what, what do you think of... of Touching inappropriately. I can't believe I'm asking you that. What did you think of the lasagna gate? Let's talk about lasagna. This this is this is a big deal, isn't it? Uh, for for a, for a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can't just say, "Oh, oh, aren't we good friends? We've been friends for forever." Even though one might have fancied the other one three thousand years ago, you can't say, "Oh, we're suddenly friends," and then, "Oh, actually, hang on, I'm dying. Who do I love?" Neil. But she needs it in part because there's a big gap in her life. So it makes sense that she would then, um, if she has feelings for somebody, whoever they are, that these are somewhat heightened and even maybe slightly more important than what they really are because there's a void of of anything else. You know, Shula is alone. So Mm. um, Neil has become a focus of a part of her life which she she thought was maybe over um after a marriage uh you know had come to an end so this all makes in it makes a lot of sense a lot of sense mm, i think for me for shula her faith is her purpose but um the experience of her falling it it caught her up and made her think about regrets which for me are different to your purpose so and it was that regret of well where am I now personally and suddenly oh my goodness I I thought he might have feelings for me but I realize I do have feelings for him so I don't I just don't know where she goes from here and you you just know she's going to be straight at church talking to Alan. Well, actually, I suppose as part of your ordination training, you do have a ring of support around you. You have uh, someone that you um, talk to about all that you're going through. You have prayer support. You have lots of different things that you wouldn't have at other times of your life. So I don't know if they're going to build that in and that we hear more of that, or if it's just going to be St. Shula on her own, beating herself up about this and uh, carrying us all along with her. Mm. Couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Now, um, shall we go on to the next caller, Inara? Yes, do. All right, then. Greetings, everyone in Dumdi Dumland. Uh, Jen here. As you can probably hear, I'm wandering around a busy town. I'm in Kildare Town, home of St. Bridget, just going past her eternal flame. 
and St. Bridget's Cathedral. Um, St. Bridget was a genuine saint. Uh, St. Shula of Ambridge seems to be running into some problems. Um, and I'm wondering if Neil and the shenanigans of Neil might be enough to finally make them realise that Shula's not exactly minister material. I mean, Pope Benedict mm. did say, you know, I am a sinner. And Shula certainly had her moments in the past, notably in Bangkok. But um, yes, hating the relationship between Neil and Shula. Um, we all know that, that, that Neil had a thing for her as a teenager. Um, but he's had the lovely Susan and her chili and her tabard mm. for years now. And their relationships is one of the nicest things in the archers. They're a lovely mm. couple, a great team. Not really enjoying seeing that ripped apart and not really believing it either. So I hope that stops soon. Um, other than that, um, we're just coming out ever from Rory, but very enjoyable. Nice to see that Brian really loves my son and didn't have any problems with that. And um, yes, yeah, a good funny week all over. So more of that, please. Hopefully Alice is gone and forgotten about, although rumour has it that she will be back soon. Um, so just hoping this Neil and Susan thing fizzles out like the wet fish paste sandwich it is very soon. Oh, Jen, thank you so much for your call. Yes, as we heard later on in the week, it does sound like Alice is uh, returning to Ambridge. So that's something else to feel uncomfortable about. I, d I don't know. It's just strange, I thought. When Shula started the week popping around to pick up a beef, she, and, and she said, oh, 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 can I cancel my next beef order? What person says, oh, 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 why would I didn't even understand that? Was she supposed to say in a particular way? I'd, I didn't understand that. I didn't get Neil shouting, hiya, which is exactly what he said. And Jazza shouting, hiya, Shula. What, why would they do that? I'd, what person stands there shouting that? And then when Shula fell, yes, we heard this ah noise, but we didn't hear her fall and hit the ground. So I thought she was sort of suspended her coat was caught in a tree and she was just sort of swinging because there was no sound of her actually falling are they a bit short on the sound effects and yes with Rory I did love the scene with Rory I, I just thought it was ironic that they were playing the most gender specific game board game you could possibly play you know oh Colonel Mustard with the revolver Miss Scarlet in the study I thought Rory would say well I'll have Miss Scarlet or Professor Plum in the lounge as a way of introducing he was by but no there was none of that I just thought that would add a little e extra element to the game of Cluedo. Royfield what, what did uh, what did you think of the sound effects this week? Well you're forcing me to have an opinion on something which I didn't have an opinion on until you said that you had an opinion on the fact that there were no sound effects to your liking. Well I'm sorry for forcing you into that is there anything else you'd like what about Cluedo is Cluedo one of your favorite games or is nope. that forcing you into a decision what is it's your favorite not... board game? Here's the thing, board games, if you want to denote a family's uh, social class in the, in the UK, board games is definitely one of them. Your average working class, I mean, I'm saying average, poor people get their uh, knickers in a twist. Board games are not really a thing. But when I go around to my uh, middle class uh, friends' houses, you know, the whack out, the Cluedo, the play charades, all manner of board games, you know, but, um, I think yeah. that's a really judgmental comment to say. I think it's not judgmental. Days, no, it's it is. Pure fact. It's pure with, fact. with with trading pure cards, fact. with these board game pure cafes fact. that there are now. If you go to a game all expo, inhabited by 
the middle classes? No, not at all. Deeply disagree. And I'm waggling my pencil as I'm but saying How would that, you but... know? You're to me, you're posh. How would you know how the how the how us great unwashed live our lives? Because, oh, We've all got would, seventy well, go inch TV expos. screens. We've I go all to these got places. seventy inch TVs and we're all on Netflix twenty four seven. Right. No, we're most not kids are doing the trading cards, playing the different card games. From that, they go to different um, inversive um, board games that Look, they do, interactive board games, I should say. There's lots going like, on. It's like bookshelves, right? You go into a home and they've got bookshelves. You go, well, they're middle class. And then just to reinforce the middle classness, they'll say after dinner, would you like to play a board game? That doesn't go on in the working class homes in Birmingham. I'm telling you telling you dominoes dominoes is a game you play dominoes you said it's not a board game it's a game that's game where people sit down around play who knows a game a card game it comes from that and now board games are such a a massive thing that they weren't 20 30 years ago there's so many different talking about what are you talking about it's it's a burgeoning (laughs) industry of that i agree but you can't tell me that nobody played board games 20 30 years ago no that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying 20, 30 years ago, the board games were very sort of boring. Monopoly. Middle England. Yes. But now that has changed. And so that's why I'm disagreeing. You can't say that now. You can't say someone with books is middle class now. If What if they've got no, library I books said book on their shelves. shelves? I said bookshelves. I said bookshelves. Oh. I was very clear. Very yeah, well, the new thing is a book trolley, actually, not bookshelves. But anyway, you're getting me very cross. People, come on, everyone. You need to let us know. If I'm wrong, <laughs> I will happily... I'll happily be proved you know, wrong. That's fine. Have but you not I deeply disagree with you. Have you not realised that after 398 episodes, that half of what I say is just to stir things up? Right. So please don't take me totally literally with everything <laughs> that I say. <laughs> so I do believe there's a grain of truth in what I'm saying, though. In times gone by, I agree, but now I disagree. Yes, mm. there we are. All right, smashing. All right, is that Ambridge Pony Club, uh, Jen? Uh, thank you for that call. Now it's a uh, part two of uh, of Isabel. Hi everyone, another call from me. Hope you don't mind. Last one was a bit hurried. Yeah. So anyway, I just needed to add on to my other call. Something I forgot to mention. Um, Rory and Brian and Jennifer and uh, that day. Well. I think Brian wasn't too happy, really. You know, he pretended, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm cool with it. But I reckon he's not too happy about it. I mean, I'm not saying anything like, I don't think he's a homophobe or anything, but I think he just, like, struggles, you know, to accept things like that. You know, like, I hope you don't mind me submitting two calls. Um, And one other thing, I'm sorry... Um, that you're leaving next epi- next episode you're on. I wish you weren't. And when when you said that Zoom thing, oh, Quentin's better than you, sort of thing. Um, warning: Quentin is not better than you. I mean, <laughs> you're funny. He's dead serious. You know, sort of thing. You know, we just yeah. So anyway, sorry to hear you're leaving. You'll be missed by me, and I'm sure by lots of other people. Bye. Oh, Isabel, <laughs> to that. First, first of all, I'm going to say I think Brian did actually, I think he handled it well. I think, you know, by him trying to carry on, show us your cards, carry on with the Cluedo, I thought he handled it well. Um, 
I think Quentin is very funny, personally. And Quentin also turns up on time. <laughs> and um, Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yes, and is very organised and he's funny. So I think Quentin, I enjoy working with Quentin. I, I, I think Quentin forward. is very funny. I think Quentin is yeah. very funny. And yes. that's the reason why he ended up on Dum Dum because uh, doing the Zooms last year, his, his dry wit was just amazing. So um, Isabel, I, I, I do um, you know, respectfully disagree. Uh, Quentin mm. is, is very funny. And, and speaking of Zooms, just to remind everyone, I've only mentioned it once today, so I'll mention it uh, once more. Uh, we've got the Zoom coming up with Royfield on the 20th of August at 7pm. So uh, get, get Is that a the Friday? Guys. Yes. Okay. Um, you have agreed to it. So, yes, it's 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 happening. And then you and I have got one final episode in, in two weeks. And, of course, this is the last Sunday. We're recording on a Sunday uniquely. We don't normally. But this is the last Sunday where there won't be an Archers episode in a week's time, 7 o'clock. Oh, Sunday's come back. Yes. Yippee. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Sundays. I've said this before, but Sunday episodes on the Archers are great because it's the pace is different. Uh, you get a little bit of cricket. You get, you know, the odd little bit of dialogue, which doesn't really mean anything in and of itself. You know, it's not all tied into a wider, massive, greater mm. narrative. Or, you know, I've missed I miss a bit of, bit of cricket, um, you know, on a Sunday. Anyway, moving swiftly on, uh, th- them's is all the course. Do we have any electronic mails uh, to discuss? No, to not over? today. We had lots of lovely messages and thank you, everyone. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Now, uh, is it uh, time for me to say social media roundup? It is indeed. 
Social Media Roundup. Hi, this is Stephen with your Social Media Roundup. It's rare that the Dumpty Dum Facebook group is dominated by a single story, as much as it has been for the whole of the last week. But Shula's misadventures certainly stimulated a lot of discussion. On Monday, Shula was thrown from her horse and came round to find Neil tending to her. I asked whether Neil was simply being a supportive friend to the unfortunate Shula, or were we seeing the first clear signs of there being something more to it? Joan Dines Reynolds started things off. I think we're supposed to suspect that there is something more to it. Gillian Holmes noted, He's always had a soft spot for her, and they have been good friends for 40-ish years. Then she added, But yes, we are supposed to think an affair is in the offing. Sarah Evans said, I think he's got a bit of a crush, but it's not reciprocated. Witherspoon thought we were reading too much into Neil's reaction. I think most of us would be pretty emotionally shaken or upset if you came upon a dear friend who was just seriously injured in an accident, he said. Especially if you think you were a factor in causing the accident. Isabel Harrison was sufficiently concerned about where things were heading that she set up a poll asking how we thought this Neil and Shula storyline was going to play out. 32 of us thought that Shula would end her friendship with Neil. 15 thought that she would disappear without a trace. 14 thought she would have an affair with Neil. Eight of us thought she would continue her friendship with Neil, but on the strict understanding that that was all it could ever be. And five thought she would realise how lonely her life was, pop on a cream-coloured cardigan and get back with cosy old Alastair. By the end of the week, Shula had confessed to Alastair that she was in love with Neil. I asked whether anybody thought this storyline was a good idea. Most of us didn't. Gail Hunter said, Oh, it's so off. It doesn't even register as on or off. It's off the scale. Charlotte Yarker arguably went even further. Not even if I dug down to the Earth's core would I find a level where this storyline is a good idea. Without necessarily disagreeing, Julian Corrigan said, I think it's hilarious. Rob Williams tried to see a positive side to it. Perhaps this is similar to the sacrifice of Nick Grundy to public information regarding sepsis. This time it's to show the hallucinatory effects of concussion following a fall off a horse. Not everybody was against the storyline. Lynn Rafferty wanted more. We hear a pious woman struggling with feelings that she believes she shouldn't give in to. The stuff of novels, I think. But Sarah Farmer didn't share that view. Shula is ludicrous full stop, Sarah said. Running a riding school with no apparent qualifications and wanting to swan off and leave it, to who exactly, to play at inner city vicars. Cue the shrieks of steady boy. Neil should run a mile. But all this antipathy towards Shula didn't sit well with Kate Lyle. I wish I understood why people hate Shula so much, she exclaimed. The only big thing she's ever done wrong, as far as I know, is keeping quiet about her concerns about Rob. Apart from that, she seems to be a woman trying to do her best. And at least trying to do good, which is more than most of us do. Catherine Reynolds opened the case for the prosecution. She had an affair with Usher's partner, Richard Locke. Then, when Usher was marrying Alan... Shula complained about her suitability to the press. John Beasley joined in. Back in the 1970s, she was both a goody-goody and a young conservative, very uncool to some of her teenage contemporaries like me, and a bit unrealistic, I suspect, to many parents of the time, trying to cope with their tattooed, sweary offspring who preferred the Sex Pistols and The Clash to Barrett Green. She then went and got a job as an estate agent with Rodway and Watson. 
Leslie Greaves came in for the defence. She's human. She makes mistakes, but she is trying to lead a good life. Unfortunately, that doesn't make her a very exciting character. And Raffi Jay was also on Shula's side. Just. I rather like her. Even though I couldn't believe that someone who runs a stables would be on the phone while riding a new horse. She kind of deserved to fall off there. Why didn't she hang up the moment that the horse was spooking? I think that she has a good heart, though. But it wasn't all Shula all the time on the Facebook page. After we heard Rory playing Cluedo with Brian and Jennifer, Guy Williams asked which villagers were represented among the characters in the game. Guy started with an easy one, Alan as the Reverend Green. Gordon Bavard suggested Jim as Professor Plum, while Leslie Southgate offered Linda as Mrs Peacock. Paul Norris added Kate as Miss Scarlet, and Hannah Keir proposed Clary as Mrs White. That left a name from the past, dear old Freddie Danby, a real retired colonel, as Colonel Mustard. And that was just a small sample of another busy week on the Dumpty Dum Facebook page. If you want to add your own opinion, come and join in. It's a friendly and welcoming place, whether you have only just discovered the Archers and Dumpty Dum, or, as is the case with at least a few of our members, you can remember hearing the first ever episodes in 1951 and 2014, respectively. And now, I'll hand you back to the studio. Thanking you for that. That was a most excellent social media roundup. Uh, now, uh, Philippa Hall, uh, are we going to do that funny bit where you just try and nobble me, make me sound really thick? Or are we moving <laughs> you, on? No, we're going to do them. Yes, you, you never know. All you right. may win these ones. Okay, so this All week right. we've got headlines from the Daily Mail, mm-hmm. the Express, mm-hmm. and the Sunday Times. Well, that's hard immediately because the daily mail and the express in terms of headlines very similar oh well shall i give you the headlines and then yes please the archers review i'm still addicted to this old favorite next one did i hear that right steph mcgovern's friends and fans go wild amid archers plot line and finally you can stop all right okay the first one you just hear the the express express Mail okay. and then times bang. Okay, okay let's so hear the last one. Let's hear the last one just just to make sure. Well, I'm writing it down. Express Mail Times and then the the last one. I owe it all to the Archers. Hollywood star Felicity Jones Ooh. as a decade on Radio 4's rural soap opera was a brilliant starting ground. Ooh, that's tricky. All right, give give me those headlines one more time. Okay. The Archer's Review. I'm still addicted to this old favourite. That's definitely the Express. That's a bit boring. Okay, move on. Let's get number two. Okay. Did I hear that right? Steph McGovern's friends and fans go wild amid Archer's plotline. No, that's it. Oh, yeah. My my first calling uh, is what I'm going with. Okay. So you said the Archer's Review. I'm still addicted to this old favourite is the Express. That is wrong. Oh, it God. was Patricia Nicholl in the Sunday Times. She writes uh, a very good review every week. I've got there them all go. wrong then. I've got them all wrong. Did I hear that right? Steph McGovern's friends and fans go wild amid Archer's plotline. No, that, that sounds one like the is mail. the Express. God damn it. Anyway, let's move on. So, um, so domdidom.com, go there. It's got shop. It's got awesome things you can do. <laughs> and um, also, it's a great way of contributing to the podcast and to the community because that's what we're all about, community. And if you want to be part of the community physically, what you can do is go on to Tractor. You're saying to me, Royfield, what's Tractor? What Tractor is, is a great way for you to find dum de as that are close to where you live. 
So we've got this big map of the world. And uh, wherever you are, uh, unless you're in Antarctica, right, you'll probably see that there is a pinprick, and that pinprick means that dum-de-dummer. Uh, that's where they live. That's where they inhabit. So what you do, you click on that pin, and a little face pops up, and you can send them a message and say, Mush, you live like two miles away from me. Why don't we uh, talk about uh, the archers and dum de whilst walking our dogs? Or maybe we can um, have a coffee together at a local coffee shop or something. Like that. That's what it's designed for. One of the great things about Tractor is, you know, you can be in Perth in Australia and there are still dum de you can hang out with. You can be in the wilds of Canada. You know, you can be in Toronto, and I think there's about 10 Dumpty Dummers uh, there. So please, go on to Tractor, pin yourself to the map, but more importantly than that, also commune with your other fellow Dumpty Dummers that are close by. Those are just one of the many things you can do on DumptyDum.com. Now, another thing you can do on DumptyDum.com is give us your money. Now, um, it's not British to ask for money, but we do do this thing, and there are associated costs. Now, we joke about Quentin's rider coming from the BBC. He's got a certain kind of lavishness which he needs in his green room uh, before he comes on to Dumpty Dum. And we've got to like throw all of those smarties um, in that big bowl for him. He has a, he has a certain level of a uh, of female company that he likes to keep in in his green room before coming out uh, and doing Dumpty Dum. And and all of this costs money. So if you'd like to give us $2 per show, what it means is that we it helps to grease the wheels of Dumpty Dum. But also, it means that in future, you and you alone, Patreons, will get uh, links to exclusive Zooms when we speak to the stars of the Archers. So if you want to be on the inside, uh, why don't you give us $2 per show by going on to patreon.com, sign up today, and uh, you'll be one of the one of the chosen. I think that's the best way to describe them, isn't it, Philippa? One of the chosen. But if you can't do that, we understand that money um, is tight, we, you know, we're living through a raging pandemic, why don't you go on to Apple iTunes, write us a review, it's another way of showing your support and saying, I quite like that dum-de-dum. You know, I love the arches, but I quite like that dum dum Write us a review, and that's one way of showing us your support. Oh, uh, yeah, you, you do your thing now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, it's fine. Deep breath, Philippa. Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on dumdydum.com, the website, or leave a WhatsApp voice note or text message to 07957 167 696, which has a plus 44 if you're outside the UK. Please keep the voice note to less than two minutes. And now we need to say a big thank you to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Lucy V. Freeman. Love them all. Mm. Um, the show kind of came out of Twitter, as I think we all know. So you can follow us on Twitter where we are at Dum. Uh, quick book reviews three. How can people find you on the, <laughs> on Twitter? Yeah, sorry, book mad. You can find me at quick book reviews, but instead of a W, it's a three. Look for the orange picture of me reading a book. Remember, 
when tweeting about the archers, please use the capitalised hashtag of hashtag capital T, capital A for the archers, as this helps visually impaired people who use screen readers. Without the capitals, it just reads as a string of gobbledygook. Plus, do use the at dum dum in all your archers' tweets so we can see each other. Mm. Facebook is another place you can go and hang out uh, with uh, dum dum fans. So if you want to hang out with dum dum fans, go onto Facebook, type in dum dum and you'll have some archers fans to hang out with now philippa hall it's that time of the show i quite like this bit of the show not because it's the end but it's <laughs> but it's a part of the show where you shine so um cue us up for the next week in ambridge so next week will good a-level results mean that rory will be off to london as quickly as you can say sausage ragu with a hint of lemon will neil take shula up the bell tower to declare that lasagna is better than chili any day will josh have to choose between pfizer and astrazeneca to vaccinate his hens if so he might find there's a bit of a cue and will roly the missing horse be found at last nestling with the long-horned cows in the campsite all will be revealed there you go folks I think you've had your money's worth there. That was a blooming good episode of Dum Dee Dum. I think we've done, we've run the rule over all <laughs> things Ambridge and it's taken us one hour and 19 minutes record time. Uh, by the time Philippa has got out her editing scalpel, be butchered all the way down to about 20 minutes of gold. So <laughs> if there's any more than 20 minutes in this podcast, right, you've got the flab, you've got the fat, you've got the gristle. And whatever but anyway that's me signing right. off uh, my name is my name is royfield brown and it's been a pleasure to be in your company take care everyone bye bye Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.